This week, join us as we discuss discipline and boundaries with our children and families. So, pour a glass of wine, lock the bathroom door, and take a deep breath. Welcome to the 80s Mom Podcast. I'm Ray. Hi, I'm Cecily. And we're two stay-at-home moms. This week we are talking about discipline and boundaries because, as everything else, they are important, especially when you have young children. Now, we didn't really start enforcing discipline until this year, and Zandria will be five in February. But boundaries are something we have worked on. For a super long time. Especially like this is my body. And that is your body. And I don't consent to you tickling me. And your body needs to get off of my body. Because my body is not a jungle gym. Yeah. That was always fun. Especially with (laughs) breastfeeding. (laughs) When they got into into breastfeeding gymnastics. You're like. "I, I would like your foot out of my ear actually. Yes. Please yes, don't the nurse rest upside of you down. Need to get out of my shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is why we enforce boundaries. Because you we don't. We're not doing this upside down. No. Oh man, I do not miss nursing gymnastics at all. So. Teeny bit. And a good thing Teeny about. Teeny little bit. No. <laughs> Sometimes. And then when you think about <laughs> it, you're because like... because it was a hilarious age. Yeah. Miss it, then think about it and go, no, no, not really. It was a very sweet time, but no, not really. <laughs> I'm so glad It's nice doesn't. to be able to hand them food and then they leave. Or for them to get their own food and leave you alone. Yes. And another good thing about setting boundaries, especially with consent, is you don't have to worry about other people touching your children inappropriately because they are going to vocally and loudly say something about it. Yes. My daughter is very extroverted, but uh, God forbid anybody tried to pick her up when she doesn't want to be picked up. She is louder <laughs> than the rooster. She doesn't want That's you to- That's useful. Yeah. She does not want you to touch her, and if you touch her without her permission, she will let you know loudly. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about that so much. If you tickle her, she will say, no thank you, because we didn't teach her uncle. I thought I always thought that was kind of stupid. So she says, no tickle, no thank you. <laughs> and if you continue doing it, she will screech. And... <laughs> If you're a mom, you know the screech I'm talking about. It's the one that gives you a three-day migraine and leaves your ears ringing for a week. (laughs) Yes. Especially if they're right up in your face when they do it. The baby pterodactyl noise. Yep. We we had to set a new boundary today because I went into Xandria's bedroom. And she had tied Taco with a bathrobe tie to her desk. Oh, dear. Taco's fine. I told Zandria, I'm (laughs) like, you would not like it if I did that to you. And she goes, yes. I said, you want me to tie you to the desk? And she said, yes. 
I said, okay, well, we'll go tie you to the desk. Now, I tied her very loosely around the neck to the desk. Like, (laughs) she had tied that cat very tightly to the desk, and I did not do that to her because I am an adult, and I realize (laughs) this is not an okay thing to do to somebody. She could have untied herself if she wanted to. So I tied her to the desk, and the first thing she did was try to leave her room, and she couldn't. And she was upset. (laughs) I go, would you like me to untie you now? She goes, yes. I said, did you like that? She said, no. I said, are you going to do that to Taco again? She goes, no. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Lesson learned. Lesson learned. We may tie our stuffed animals to things. Taco is a living creature. And I don't know why this has been so hard for her, because we did have a cat before Taco. Now, Puka died before Xandria turned three, and that might be why she doesn't remember, but it's like Taco is living and has her own opinions. You cannot make Taco do things. So she's trying to get Taco. Yes. Make Taco lay down for a nap earlier, and Taco kept running out of her room, and she would go, (sighs) and run after the cat. It was like you have the world's most patient cat. I have the world's most patient, tolerant kitten. I don't know why she is so tolerant. She doesn't scratch Xandria at all, ever. That's amazing. This cat is a saint. I don't even think she's six months old, and she is a saint. I don't understand, but because I would, wow. I. If she scratched Xandria, I would look at Xandria and be like, well, she just told you no. Yes. It's pretty clear, what That is it? what happened. When cats say no, they scratch you. So she was exasperated. Taco wouldn't take a nap. I'm like, does Xandria want to take a nap? And Xandria goes, <laughs> no. I said, should I put Xandria in her room and shut the door? And she goes, no. And I said, well, Taco doesn't want to take a nap either. <laughs> So it's it's constantly setting up boundaries. She is getting better with Taco. It helps that this cat is a saint. But she she's slowly getting better. I had gone in last night and she had ta- she had done what she did with Taco to the desk today except for she was holding the end of the rope and had her tied to bed with her and I untied Taco. And Taco didn't run out of the room. She just curled up at Xandria's feet and went back to sleep. Wow. Tolerant Well, Xandria solved the running away problem. Yeah, but I don't really approve of choking the cat in order to do this. Well, no. No. <laughs> that's, that's not an approved of solution. No. No, no, no. But it's a good way to set up boundaries, especially since we're planning on having another child and Xandria is going to have to learn some things are okay to do, some things are not okay to do with living yeah. creatures. Babies are not stuffed animals or dolls. No. Baby will have its own (laughs) mind. Other boundaries we have set up are Xandria is not allowed to play outside when I am not awake. Yes. Nor is Xandria allowed to lock mommy out of the house, which has happened twice at this point. Oh. That is really the only- I think Patrick did that once. I scare the living dickens out of her every time she does that. Now, as far as discipline goes, I do not believe in hitting people. 
in general at all. And all children are, are small people, so I do not believe in spanking. I think that trying to teach children we do not hit by hitting them is the stupidest possible thing ever. And there are numerous studies on the detrimental impact of being spanked. And if you're like, I was spanked and I turned out okay and I hit my children, I'm sorry, no. You did not turn out okay. <laughs> you are not okay. The idea that you think hitting somebody smaller than you is okay is a problem. I mean, if you're going to say that, then you should be able to say, well, I, when I make bad decisions, I let my husband beat me to teach me a lesson. I mean, it's the same thing. Either children are too young to understand why they are being hit, or they are old enough to understand having a conversation about it, even if you have to do it multiple times and you have to be very simple about it. Because if they're too young to have that conversation, they're too young to be disciplined in general. And if they're old enough to have the conversation, they are too old for you to be hitting them. So I don't believe in hitting them at mm. all, ever. The only time Xandria has ever been smacked on the hand once she been my she bent my hand backwards and I have arthritis. I yeah, and I reacted as anybody who would would react when somebody put them in pain, and I immediately apologized. I said, "Mommy was wrong. You shouldn't bend mommy's fingers backwards, and mommy should not hit you. That was not okay. Neither of us did something that was okay, and I am sorry." And the only other time, I think maybe she's gotten smacked on the hand three times. Because one time she ran away from me in a parking lot when she was two and headed for a busy road. And I am not very fast because I have arthritis and it scared me very, very, very badly. And as this child is not a child who gets hit, I terrified her when I screamed and smacked her hand and told her we do not ever run from our mommy in a parking lot. Ever. And she cried. And, and I that's cried. one of those circumstances where a conversation is not is not sufficient. That's not yeah. I still shouldn't have hit her. I but I was very, very upset and I apologized and I called Jason and I told him what a horrible mom I was and I mean, in that situation it is have the conversation after the child is safe. Now, if for some reason a child runs into a road, anybody's child, my child, anybody's child would I run into the road and push them out of the way and potentially hurt them in order to protect them from getting hurt? Yes, I would. But that is different than they broke a glass or they broke a rule. Yeah. There is a difference between yeah. you are in imminent danger of death or severe bodily injury and you spilled water on the floor. Because water on the floor is not yeah. going to kill anybody. Running into traffic is very, very, very dangerous. And she's done that twice. And every once in a while I have to remind her, you cannot run from me in parking lots. You are a small child and small children, cars cannot see you. So that is a boundary. You have to stay with me in parking lots. Cars cannot see small children. My sister, when I said that to Xandria yep. one time, and I wanted to smack my sister so bad. She goes, yeah, that's because small children hide. And I'm like, you never say that to a small child. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's don't not give a, them ideas. Don't give them ideas. 
You just say cars cannot see you. Yes. We keep it simple. These are small children. It's not like we're talking about Patrick, who's 13. And who would, un- well, and if he wasn't on the, for that taller than you. But if he weren't on the spectrum, he would get that children, that children don't hide from cars. They just can't see them. Although he probably does understand that. He's looking funny, though, if you said it that way to him, but he's 13. So, we don't even really do timeout. One of the few things I've ever done to discipline Zandria was when she locked me out of the house, I had gone to get her rubber duckies out of the car to give her a bath. And because she had upset me so badly, now I had the car keys in my hand. It's not like it's a big deal, except for she locked me out of the house, which can be a big deal. So instead of yes. a lovely bubble bath she could play in, she got a two-minute shower. Yep, that works. Yep. That's called natural consequence. You upset me, and giving you a bath is painful for me, so now you've gotten a shower. I have reached my end goal, which is clean child, and you have missed out on something that you were looking forward to. Yep. Actually, that happened to be this evening. She was taking absolutely forever to finish dinner, and so she didn't get to look through Facebook memories with me because I really just needed her in bed then. Yep. Natural consequences. And you have to balance natural consequences with discipline, but discipline does not mean necessarily punishment. It means teaching is what the root of discipline means. So we're not punishing our children. We are teaching them. I am doing you a favor by giving you a bath when it's very painful for me to do so. So, since you locked me out of the house, which is a dangerous situation, now I'm not going to go out of my way to do something nice for you. I'm just going to get this chore done. Yes. And she was upset, and she cried, and it was horrendous for both of us, because I hate it when she cries, but these are the things that happen. And that's just what happened. And she doesn't get showers very often. Usually it's either A, you really need to be clean right now, or I'm in such pain there's no way I could give you a bath. Mostly because she fights having her hair washed. And I have to sit on a footstool in the uh, bathroom to do it. So when she's fighting me and I'm doing it and I hurt, it's rough. Yeah. Yeah, and the other time she locked me out, I was out feeding the chickens. I had to go to my next-door neighbor's to message Jason from her messenger to have him call his mom because I was so distraught and upset that Sandra had locked me out. I couldn't remember anybody's phone number. I didn't have my phone. I didn't have my keys. I had nothing. Oh. And I just scared the life out of her when I got back in because I approached her. I sat her on a chair, and I put my hands on the armrest, and I said, We do not lock Mommy, out of the house, ever. That is incredibly dangerous, and we do not do it ever, ever again. And she hasn't done it again. That's good. And then I sit with her, and I hug her. And I make sure that she knows she's loved. It's not that I don't love her, like we said before with our husbands. I can love you very, very much, but not like you right now. Yes. Because I love you very much. I'm just not very fond of you at the moment. <laughs> so the only discipline I know you've done, and I know there's probably others, is I remember when Patrick was 
really, really little, you used to ban him from encyclopedia time. Do you want to talk about that? <laughs> well, yes, that's yeah, that was that was his favorite thing. So, you know, you you don't get it. Pretty much was how that went. Oh I've God. also at various times said, you know, if you're not obeying at home, you can't go to church. And that was a huge deal. Yeah. I've gotten pretty close sometimes when stuff was open to be like, if you can't do this right now, we cannot go to the library. I think that has actually happened. Because she loves story time. And missing out on the library is a big thing for her. Because I like doing things for her, and I like making her feel special. But that doesn't mean she doesn't have things that she has to do. Tonight was one of those nights with bedtime where it was like, no, you need to go to bed. Yes, you're very cute. You need to go to bed. (laughs) I should have put her to bed earlier than I did tonight, but I've had a migraine all day. So... Me moving around and enforcing stuff is kind of hard. But when it comes to discipline and rules, one, I have found that children work very well with boundaries. This is what you are allowed to do. These are what, these are the times in which we do things. So you go to bed at seven. Not that she exactly knows when seven is, because she's four and can't read the time yet. Yeah. She can point out a seven, but that doesn't mean in her brain she knows that that means it's seven. I suppose next would be teaching her what the hour hand is. Yeah. Although I don't think we have any analog clocks in the house. Oh. Yeah, I don't think we have any. I can't think of one. She does have a watch my dad gave her, though. Somewhere. And it's analog. She loves watches. And bags. Oh my goodness, this child. Bats? Bags. Bags. Like purses. Uh. I don't know where she gets it from. It ain't from me. (laughs) If I have to have a bag, I carry a fanny pack. I mean, I just don't have the use for dealing with one. When I was doing census work and had to be in and out of the car, they gave us a census bag we were supposed to carry around. And I was like, eh, no. I am not getting in and out of my car 50 times a day with a bag. It's not happening. I had a dream about having to buy B a bag. And she owns like three backpacks and four or five purses. And after I woke up and had adjusted to what reality was, I said, you don't need any more bags, do you? And she said, well, for what, Mommy? Like, well, she might. She hadn't thought about it. She might need another bag. It's <laughs> like, no. No, she, you don't. <laughs> she needs an, yeah. She needs another bag like I need another skinny yarn. Yes. Pretty to look at, but without a plan for it in mind, do not need one. I don't even use a yarn bag anymore. I mean, you and Allie saw my basket. You actually thought it belonged in the rental house. Well, it was so perfectly aesthetic. Well, that that is the point. My basket is a, for you guys, is a wooden basket. And it has a cotton liner in it that ties 
to the sides of the handles. And I use it for medieval reenactment so I can carry whatever handwork I have in it. Sometimes I carry my lunch in it. I carry whatever drinks that I'm bringing with me because that is obviously my basket. Everybody knows in my barony that it's my basket. And you can tell by looking in it and seeing what kind of work is in there. So it's my project basket and I didn't do anything while we... No, I did I did some crochet after you guys went home, but I didn't do any while you guys were there. And because it's my project basket and it has what I'm working on in it, I brought it with me and she's right. It completely fit the decor of the really cute country house we were staying in. So that brings to mind, you know, talking about Patrick not getting encyclopedia time and Xandria missing out on bath time and B today missing out on, you know, Facebook memory time. This past weekend, while we were at <laughs> the Halloween party, we we had a preteen with an attitude problem. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's an exact, that's an excellent description. And me and you had to send everybody outside so we could talk about it. Although at the time, I'm not sure if you knew exactly why I had sent them outside. But I was like, this is a problem. Well, I mean, the first thing that came to mind was send the attitude outside. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Like, Xandria and B and the attitude need to go outside. Patrick, take them outside. Yes. And I mean, I, it's not that I didn't understand. B had been around Xandria all weekend. Xandria is clingy sometimes. She has not had enough socialization this year because everything is shut down and she gets to see nobody. So she wants to hang all over B and all. Not so much all over Patrick. She worships the ground both of them walk on, though. <laughs> and she's little. And that's yes. fine, but B was tired didn't want to deal with it anymore so i had to pull you aside and be like okay we have an attitude problem and we're going to be taking these kids to the cemetery and the last thing i want to do and you probably want to do is handle is deal yeah with miss attitude. attitude in the cemetery yeah so we had to bring we discussed what we were going to do and we had to bring b back in and be and tell her okay so you have had an attitude problem and we understand, and nobody is mad at you, because it's not like we were mad. We were frustrated, and being able to identify your emotions appropriately is helpful. Because I wasn't mad, I was very frustrated, and I was coming to the end of my rope with it, which would have led to me being mad, but I was not mad. So we had to give her an ultimatum. She could either behave better... And just pretend like she was happy, even if she was also frustrated. Because that's what we yeah. have to do. That's what adults do. Like, oh, I'm not having fun. But there are small children, and I have to deal with it. Or she would have to go home and miss out on grave rubbing. Yeah, that's been a whole new concept, like, all this year. Because you, you don't have to be happy. You just have to deal with it. New concept. Let's try this. Yeah. That's an ongoing concept with poor Zandria. I recommend starting with boundaries instead of punishments because you want to teach the rules before you start disciplining for the rules. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So we started with bodily autonomy, which is this is my body and you need permission to use my body or to touch me or to hug me or whatever. When Xandria was very, very little, about a year old, and it started with signing milk please for breastfeeding because it's like, this is my body. You don't <laughs> just get to lift my shirt up and have at it. That's not okay. <laughs> I was never okay with that. It's not that I would deny her breastfeeding. It's that this is my body. I am not a filling ghost station. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell Cecily has been there. Yes. Yes. That is the laughter only a parent who is breastfed can have. Like, yeah. Yes. They are excellent pillows. They are. Xandria will still come snuggle with me in bed and I sleep topless and she'll be like, boo! And use it as a pillow. And I'm like, this is cute, but also you're four and please stop. You are making me uncomfortable. I think B was four when she decided a low-cut skirt was a great place to cough. We were in church, and it, I mean, obviously it wasn't that low cut, we were in church, but she, she just, like, face planted into my chest, and I asked what she was doing, and she sat up and said, and said, this, and proceeded to go back to coughing in my bosom, because (laughs) it was the perfect place to muffle it. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) It was hilarious. I was like, Xandria one night was talking to Jason, and he didn't have his safety glasses on. So my husband wears safety glasses. That's all he wears. Because he's a gunsmith, so he's a, he's a machinist. So they have to wear safety glasses. So he doesn't have a pair of regular glasses anymore. He just has his safety glasses. And he didn't have them on, and she was in his lap and decided that Daddy's eyeball was the perfect place to sneeze. <laughs> I bet he has worn safety glasses ever since. (laughs) No. Just like the pleasures of having a child. Yes. When she wouldn't go to bed tonight. I'm like, are you sure you want another one of these? (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully she's out of that phase before the next one is in that phase. Yeah, I hope so. I actually asked her, so I sat down on her bed and she was in my lap and I'm like, okay, so here's the deal. You won't go to bed when we tell you to. So we have two options here. You can go to bed when it is bedtime or we can move your bedtime earlier. And she goes, earlier, please. That was very interesting. Yeah. Like, so you are telling me you would like to go to bed earlier. Yes. Okay. Okay, then. That's fine. You don't want to stay up so late? That's fine. And by late, I mean 7, 7.30. I have not adjusted to getting her to bed earlier yet. So part of this is my fault. And that's something we have to remember as parents and moms. 
if you see a behavior in your child you don't like, you have to think about what you do. So are you causing the behavior or is it a behavior you have that you need to fix yeah. in you first? Like, I don't know where Xandria has suddenly gotten the uh response from. But I've been like, Xandria, oh. that's not appropriate. That's not a good attitude to have. I can tell you're oh. exasperated, but that's that's not appropriate. And I don't know where it came from. Also, Neither do I. I don't think mine do that. I, yeah, I don't I'm know. Not sure. I'm guessing it's show she watches. Which is saying something, because most, most of what she watches is Disney Junior. Hmm. So, I don't know. I, I don't have the least idea what is causing her to do that. Well, and another thing to remember is that everyone just does the best they can with what they've got. And sometimes that causes problems later. But it helps to kind of remember that you know, you you did the best you could with what with the information you had and the child you had at the time, and sometimes it just doesn't work out well. And you can't compare your child to somebody else's child, says the person who does that yeah. constantly. But <laughs> I realize this is a shortcoming on my part, and part of it is I do have a four year old with a speech delay. So when we're hanging out with my friend Mandy and her son Max, he is very verbose, speaks in comp in very complex sentences. And then I have Xandria, who, if she strings a four-word sentence together, I'm having a good day. Yeah. And it's hard. And it's not me failing. It's Xandria is a different person than Max. Max destroys yep. his toys and likes to play Crash and Burn. <laughs> Xandria... <laughs> Likes animal husbandry and arts and crafts. Yep. They're just different people. And we have to remember yeah, that. that. Go ahead. No, you finish your sentence. I did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I I was just gonna say as far as children being different, I that was that was something I tried to jump on really fast after B was born was you know, that that they were two different children and trying not to compare them because we had to explain to Patrick at one point why we were gushing over, you know, B not being on oxygen or anything. And I I realized that I had the potential of having a Patrick without any of the Patrick issues to hold her back. And yeah, her handwriting and his are about equal. And yeah, I I was looking through Facebook memories one night with her and I had a conversation with each at exactly the same time because their their birthdays are a month apart. So, I mean, figure they're basically at the same stage, you know, developmentally at the same time. And a conversation with him was not that many words. They were not in the right order. They they were intelligible, but like there weren't any articles in between the words. And then 
you know, a, a few entries up from that was a conversation with three-year-old her, and it was complete sentences and everything, and it was like, wow, there there really was a difference. That's how big the difference was, you know, when he was three and quote-unquote needed speech therapy, and she was three, and just seeing the two next to each other was really interesting I always but yeah we spend lots of time em- emphasizing that they're not the same child no and Xandria is different they are very than much on their own timetables and that's something to remember too you have yes. to tailor any approach to fit your child so even when you discipline your child if you do timeouts, which we don't really do, sometimes if it's a severe enough issue and everybody needs to separate because the situation isn't getting better and we need to separate for a few minutes, like, I will tell her, you need to go to your room and you need to get yourself together, especially when she's having a meltdown. That is after trying to figure out what she wants and deciding whether or not that's appropriate giving her hugs, letting her know she's loved, I like to tell her, I love you even when you're upset. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be upset. It is okay to have these feelings. And when it's still going on, I'm like, it is okay to have these feelings, but right now you need to go to your room and try to get yourself under control. Because it's very... That's a good way to put that. Yeah. It's very important between, like, three and four four and five to get them so that they can handle themselves because if they're not well socialized and there are holy terrors everywhere after they hit four it can be a problem like it's very hard to socialize a child after four if they have not been socialized properly before that Mm -hmm. and when i say socialized i'm not talking about you know the you homeschool what about socialization i'm not talking about that (laughs) The ability to play with other children and get along is very, very important. Yeah. And if they don't have it, then it's really hard. I actually recommend Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. He has an entire section on um, psychology of parenting and things that are important to know. And it's available on audio. It's got a Kindle version. We have it on on Audible and in hardback. I think I'll have to look that up. I, I remember liking it. what I've seen of his of his stuff. I I really like his psychology. I'm going to mute again. I have to go get a drink. Hold on. Okay. Jordan Peterson has some really good stuff. He does believe in spanking under certain circumstances. I'm not okay with that. Like I said, I am not okay with hitting your children ever. Taco, that's mommy water. You can't have that. <laughs> Kitty boundaries kitty boundaries well and it (laughs) raising children is kind of like training your animals yes sounds horrendous but it's true i can't raise a dog to save my life i just can't do it cats i don't have such a problem with i really really like cats mostly because they can take care of themselves you have to get a dog in and out on a schedule cats have litter boxes yeah, I'm a big fan of things that take care of their own bathroom. 
So am I. That's why potty training was so wonderful. Yes. And that's exactly why. I went through potty training, and now I'm done with that, and I don't really feel like doing that for the entire lifespan of an animal. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, was talking to my sister-in-law because my nephew's 18 months-ish, and I'm like, now would be a good time to potty train him. I waited too long for Xandria. I was very lucky that we didn't have any issues, but I still waited too long. And I said, well, there's a good book called Oh Crap Potty Training, which I recommend. <laughs> I know, it's hilarious. And it's great. Hold on, I'll make a couple of notes. Just making notes for things that I need to link. Um, And I said, you can read the book. And she sets everything up in stages. So stage one is completely nude. And it's like a week. And then stage two is no bottoms. And basically the thing is you want to keep them out of diapers and underwear for at least a month. That means your children are going to be going commando if they have pants on. Yeah. But the problem is, underwear feels like a diaper. They think of diapers as comfort and privacy. So and anything the thing you go in. Yeah, so if you give them underwear, they're just going to have accidents. And since she's a girl, she just didn't. She wore dresses all summer and no underwear. That's handy. Yeah. I hated potty training. Potty training sucked. It wasn't as bad as I expected it to be. Now quarantine helped. And at some point, we'll do yes. an entire episode on potty training. I've also offered, I'm like, well, you could give me Babo for a week, and I will return him to you potty train. Because if you can't do it yourself, having somebody else do it is usually helpful. Which is how a lot of people do it. You take them to grandma's for a week, or aunt's for a week, or your friend's for a week. Because it can be easier to have somebody else do it than it can be to do it yourself if you're having problems. Yeah. I could see that. But we didn't, we have a baby Bjorn potty, but we never used it because she was too big to need it. (laughs) Which is lucky because I never really had to deal with, you know, dumping um, a potty chair, which is nice. Oh, yes. And she also recommends doing daytime and nighttime at the same time, if you can, because then everything's over. I'm lucky. I have the child that ever since she was one and a half did not go to the bathroom overnight. (gasps) Really? Her too? Yep. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is the second child I have ever heard of who is like that. (laughs) It was weird. Because I was like, so I would wait in the morning to change her diaper because I'm like, well, she's dry. Yeah. So we never had problems. Now, I wasn't positive that that was what was going on because Andrea always woke up before I did. But after I removed the night diapers, I had checked on her for two nights in a row, like every couple of hours, and she was just dry. And I was like, okay. Yeah, I have, I have, I have no idea how that works. I've been asked, well, you know, how did you do night training? And I'm like, I didn't. I have no idea. That was that was the first diaper to go was the overnight one because it was just always dry. So why bother? Yeah. 
But what she recommends is toss a towel onto the bed and change the bedding in the morning. Which is pretty much what I did when we were co-sleeping and trying to cloth diaper overnight. Because I was inevitably getting peed on. (laughs) Ugh, yeah. So you just toss a towel down, plop the baby on top of the towel and go back to sleep. Because you're just like, no. Yeah. I'm not doing this today. I need sleep. (laughs) Scared the cat. Xandri got into the uh, Halloween box and there are pipe cleaners <laughs> on the floor and Taco's playing with a pipe cleaner and I bent down to see what she was doing under the table and I startled her because I gave her a ribbon and she goes, ah! <laughs> but one, potty training is its own episode and two, it's another thing of setting boundaries. It is not okay to poop on the floor. No, it is not. That's not what we it do. It may be impressive that you now could say that your colon is empty, but that's that's not a conversation I wanted to have. Yeah. Hadn't she had an accident <laughs> at one point where I guess she'd pooped in her room and she brought it to me the next morning in her hand, she goes, Poopy <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That is what that is. We do that in the bathroom. <laughs> And she took it into the bathroom. Because that was part, because I was like trying to potty train her and then giving up and trying and giving up. And don't do that. Don't, don't do that. That doesn't help. That's very confusing. But I guess the one thing I can't clean up is human excrement on the ground. I I just. It's one of the places where my parenting kind of stops. It doesn't mean I didn't do it because I did, but I also gagged. Yeah, yeah. That'll be a fun episode. (laughs) That one requires show notes. (laughs) More in-depth than today, but migraine, what can I say? Oh, yeah. Having problems getting anything done. But we are doing this every week, because I said so. Yes. Is my promise to myself. We get these up every week. And I am somewhat good at doing as cold. <laughs> I don't blame you for this week. This past week when I did the <laughs> postmortem, you were exhausted. I was exhausted. I had just walked in the door. I like walked in the door, set myself up, took a shower, came out, recorded, and then I went to bed. That's impressive. It had to be done. Because I think these conversations are important. And sometimes we need reminding. So... Another thing with discipline and boundaries and rules is you have to be consistent. If you have a rule, it needs to be a rule now and later and in the future, not just when it annoys you. You can't just be like, I only have this rule when I'm in a bad mood. Because everybody works better with consistency. For example... My husband, God bless him, is constantly getting in trouble with his wife because he can't make a laundry basket to save his life. He will drop (laughs) his clothes three inches from a laundry basket. And it's like, dude. Oh, dear. Laundry basket. And I mentioned it to his mom once and she goes, I tried to teach him that for 30 years. Good luck. (laughs) So I'm constantly picking clothes up because they're just everywhere. Oh, Jason. 
But it's a rule of the house is, you know, do this or I'm not going to be happy with you. So I just happen to not be very happy. He's getting better. The cleaner the house is, the more kept up the house is, the more likely he is to hit a laundry basket. That makes sense. And there goes the kitty with the pipe cleaner. He that she is killing. And it's just kill the pipe cleaner. Kill it. I love it. I have a small child who likes to come out and help me feed the chickens in the morning. And by help, I mean she follows me around while I feed the chickens in the yes. morning. Yes. I don't expect her to feed. And the then chickens. she gets the safety belt. Mm-hmm. She knows how to do it. And this morning I pulled an egg out of the chicken coop. And I took a picture. I'll have to I'll have to send it to you. I took a picture of three eggs this morning. And I titled it Small, Medium, and Youch. Ooh. It's a three inch long egg. So it fits <gasps> into oh my, my hand like perfectly because I have very small hands. I have like six oh. inch hands. Yeah, I'll send you a picture of I'll send you those so you can look at them while we're talking. And it's, you know, off topic, but really interesting. So now you have the pictures of small, medium, and ouch, and then the picture of the egg in my hand, which I will post to social media. And we've been getting those a lot. Holy crap. (laughs) That's what I said. I, I saw that when I was picking up eggs this morning, and I'm like, whoever laid that, I feel very sorry. I bet that hurt. Oh. Yes. That's like giving birth to a 10-pound baby. It happens, but you're not exactly sure how that works. No. Nor do you want to know. Babies, at least, are not in a shell. This is true. So, yeah, these are um, it's either a double yolked egg or it's a double egg, so it's an egg with an egg inside of it because they're young chickens and sometimes bodies do weird things. Either way, you're going to have to take a picture of it. Yeah. I haven't gotten into them yet. I pulled, because I was um, putting eggs in cartons, because I do occasionally sell eggs on the side, and Jason had just left them in the Halloween buckets, so they had to be put in cartons and dated. And I pulled the small ones and the large ones out. And I told Jason tonight, I said, I'm wondering if the chicken that lays, I'm guessing it's the same chicken. I do not know. I don't monitor who lays what. Uh, And since all of our chickens lay brown eggs, I have no way of knowing who did it. But every time there is a big egg, inevitably the next day there is a small egg. So I'm wondering if they lay like a huge egg one day and a very tiny egg the next day. Oh. He goes, oh, that'd be interesting. So, yeah. In the past, that has been a double yoked egg. So I'm guessing that's what it is, but I have not opened it. And I have another one from when we were gone. And I apologize to our listeners for going on tangents today. But sometimes things are interesting. Like, the eggs are interesting. And the kitten is interesting. Yes, football-sized eggs from regular hens are always very interesting. It's not football-sized. It's, like, duck-sized. But it is a very large egg from a chicken that lays medium eggs. It is a very large egg. It is. That's huge. So, Patrick got banned from Encyclopedia Time. What kind 
of um, discipline has B had to have other than not getting to read Facebook memories with you tonight? Uh, her, I, I don't know. I don't remember specifically. Just generally, well, lately, pretty much screen time. Oh, pretty there's... much no screen time has been the thing. There's something that um, we should definitely talk about. Boundaries with screen time. I know we have both found. The more screen time they get, the less capable they are of handling themselves. That is a very nice way of putting it. The unnice way is to say that the more screen time they get, the more possessed they are. <laughs> this yeah. is true, yeah. Xandria had some ABC mouse today, but it wasn't. <laughs> For mine. Yeah. But it wasn't a lot. And I find that she has problems self-regulating. She won't sleep. And she's more prone to breaking down crying. And I know we were talking about this. Like, watching TV for Xandria isn't a problem. She will sleep and she doesn't get really upset. But things like ABC Mouse are playing games on screens, which ABC Mouse is the only one she's allowed to do, cause her problems. And I think it's... The dopamine addiction. I mean, we all have it. That's why Facebook algorithm works the way it is. It's part of the reason I'm not on Facebook anymore. It shows you what you don't want to see, so you keep, and then it shows you one thing you want to see, and then you see like nothing else you want to because it gives you that dopamine hit, and then they take it away so that you keep coming back to get it. Huh. And okay. Facebook is set up that way. That's why I'm on MeWe and Parlor, which just shows me. What people I follow post in the order that they post it. Instead of manipulating my feed. Which is actually yep, more I helpful. I spend a lot of time follow unfollowing people so I don't see stuff. I just don't exist on Facebook so much. I mean, I did a post today about eggs. But that's because Facebook is where all my local people are. I don't really have local people on my the social media I use daily. And I have like... 16 dozen eggs or something over there. It's probably it, it's probably 12, but there was over four dozen I had to carton today. Wow. The chickens laid 12 eggs. Um, Between yesterday and when I went out there at 8 this morning. Because I don't know exactly when they lay. I don't know if they lay first thing in the morning or if they lay at night. I just collect eggs in the morning. So, limiting screen time, I also believe that you get the same problem with electronic toys, which is why that is the hill I decided to die on and my child doesn't have any. Mm-hmm. Also, she decides... My experience with electronic toys is they just get boring really fast. Yeah. I, For some reason. I always got bored with them really fast. The stuff I enjoyed were, like Xandria, I'm much into arts and crafts and coloring and building things, I can have a box of Legos and have fun all day. Oh, yeah. But even things like Best Fiends and my coloring app, I get bored with really quickly. Because I do... You play pixel art, too, I think, to some degree, but I play it on an iPad. Because <laughs> it's bigger. Where you're coloring, like, I can't pixel. remember if I'm doing pixel art or in-draw... I, love I was doing one of them, and then it quit being supported, and I went 
the other one, and I can't remember what it's called. I do it on and off. Usually I will do um, pixel art while I'm watching TV when I should be doing other things, like working on our bu- working on my business or the podcast. Aha, uh-huh, it's pixel art. Yeah, I love pixel art. I was doing the the Halloween event for that and coloring things as quickly as possible, and I managed to do all of them, <clears throat> even though oh. I was gone for five days. But, I mean, I should have been doing other things. That would have been way more useful than what I was doing, but... Well, true. But, pixel art. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. guess I'll put that one down, too, because we're talking about it. I like it better than the coloring apps where it's like, pick a color, and then it just colors in an area. If I wanted to do that, I would pull yeah. up paint on my computer. So you limit screen time when she's having problems. How is that working with the school? Is it you're having to restrict it more because they're on the iPads for school? Actually, no. School doesn't seem to make a difference. I think because for her, school is almost exclusively Zoom or things that are done while they're on Zoom. And so it's not so much screen time as it is other people. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, if it were if it were all screens in general, I don't know what I would do. I'm just but, so- yeah, it's all like as face-to-face as it can be. I just and hope they're it's, able to go back My only soon. problem with the iPad is they've got reading apps and a math game on it. And B will let it read to her, which I don't know that that should necessarily be an option at grade three. But that, I think, kind of counts as screen time as yeah. far as behavior goes. And then you have to stand over her and make sure that what she's doing is actually her homework and not just letting it read books to her. Yeah. ABC Mouse does that for Xandria, but I think at least to some degree it's helping her with reading. We need to get her on something with phonics, says the person who is taught to read using sight words. I never learned phonics. Oh, I will try and find the phonics app that I used for B for a while. Well, I don't know that it was phonics so much as for her, it was recognizing letters because she was, she went from confusing letters and numbers to reading very fluently in a year. So when she was five and six, she was sometimes still referring to the number H and the letter three. And there was an app I used for her that had the letters in different fonts and sometimes capital and sometimes lowercase. And it was like a fishing game. You had to tap on all the A's. Okay. But it would be in all different fonts and some uppercase and some lowercase and I really really liked that because especially if you're a handwriting and looking in books lowercase a's for example can be so different oh yeah but it had the goofy looking lowercase a's and 
like all the variations that you would see. And it also didn't give you the answer. If you didn't guess, it just gave you another question. Oh, I like that. We've been I'll discussing. see if I can figure out what that was. We've been discussing phonics. But as somebody who was not taught phonics, I can't teach Xandria phonics because I yeah, I can sound words out for her, which I already do because of the speech delay, but I can't do it while I'm reading. I just know what words look like. That doesn't mean I can't look Ooh. at the dictionary and read a pronunciation. I can read pronunciation, but I don't know phonics. I can't even explain to you how I learned to read pronunciation. I do not know. I learned it at some point, which is the phonetic alphabet. Huh. But I was taught to read using sight words, which makes it interesting when I run into words that I don't know. Which doesn't happen all yeah. that often, because I've had a college reading level since I was in, like, sixth grade, so I've been reading pretty heavy stuff since I was fairly young, so I don't really have issues running into words that I don't recognize. That's also why I like my Kindle, though, because I can tap on a word and it gives me the definition. I've been known, when I'm not thinking about it, to try to do that with hardback books. Ha! <laughs> Right, can't do that. Yep. But I can usually figure out what something is. As an English major, I am good at contextual clues. Yes. And figuring it out. And I've got a daughter who loves to read, but by reading, I mean she flips through the books. I don't know how much of it yeah. she can actually read. She can read some. I taught her how to read the word boo for Halloween. <laughs> and she can read the word Halloween. <laughs> But it's kind of limited. Well, I guess the next word to work on would be book and boom. That would work. I've got some interesting stuff in our Pinterest about, you know, different homeschooling activities. Because I was discussing that earlier today with some people in a homeschooling group. Like, I just use what's around us. I ask colors a lot to work with the speech. Mm-hmm. And we are grossly off topic, I apologize. <laughs> so, do you just take away the screen time, or does she have more discipline than that when she's having a rough time from too much screen time? <sighs> well, I usually start with just taking away screen time. Because since we don't have a kitchen table and chairs, we usually end up watching something with a meal, and that means that either, okay, we're not watching Zoo Ranger or Car Ranger with dinner, or that she has to eat in her room, which is a whole nother level of you done effed up. <laughs> For lack of a better term. Right. But, oh, like I was saying, with boundaries and discipline, it starts with us. You can't expect something, I think, out of a child that you yourself are incapable of. I've had friends who do that with their kids. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I have those days where I expect something out of Xandria that I have a hard time doing. I, as an adult, have a hard time 
going to bed on time. <laughs> I do, well, part of it is insomnia. Part of it is the fact that because I have insomnia at night, I sleep during the day, and it's a problem. But I have to realize when she's having a hard time, getting mad at her for having a hard time, it doesn't help. No, not really. And when we get angry, I find we do what we call sniff and blow, which kind of sounds like Hunter and Joe Biden, to be honest with you. But. <laughs> oh, things that won't make sense in a couple of years. Um, yeah. But it's where you breathe in deeply through your nose and you exhale through your mouth. And I learned it from one of her therapists when she was going to public school therapy. And it's just, you know, you got you need to sniff and blow. And basically it's Why taking deep breaths. Part? Because you're exhaling through your mouth. You're just ex you're doing an exhale. Why is it more helpful through your mouth, though? I think it's stress relieving because, you know, when you're stressed out and breathing out of your nose doesn't help sometimes and you're just like, <sighs> hmm. so it makes you focus on something and it helps. It's just a deep breathing exercise. And I find when she's having a hard time, I'm also having a hard time. And if we're both doing that together, it's helpful. To recenter both of us. Because it's not just them who need to get under control. Us as the moms also have to get under control because we get to a point where we're just done. Yeah. And yelling is not helpful. Says the mom who has been notoriously bad for that recently. But it doesn't help. So you have to keep in mind, where are you? And how are you handling this? And where are they? And what is age appropriate for them to be handling this? You cannot expect a four-year-old under any circumstances to sit still in a chair for more than a minute. Yeah. Unless there's something super interesting on TV going on. And even then, Xandria doesn't sit still. I mean, I'm talking on a podcast with one of my best friends, and I can't sit still. (laughs) <laughs> you can hear I know you can hear my chair moving because I'm incapable of sitting still. No, I can't. I can always hear it on the other end when I'm listening back. I can hear me moving my chair uh, okay. around. So, I know that it's audible and I try not to do it. It's like I know you can hear me vaping or at least I can hear it when I listen back. But I huh. Don't sit still very well, and I have to be doing something with my hands, which is why I'm vaping. I've also, much like everybody else in the U.S., I've had a bit of a rough week. (laughs) It is what it is. In the end, it doesn't impact my life, really, and doesn't matter, but I'm still stressed out. Which is why I always have hand work, so that I always have something to do with my hands. It helps with my anxiety to have something to do with my hands. So if I am oh, incapable, here's a question. yeah. Oh, go for it. Okay. Well, have you ever run into a situation where you need to change up discipline, like for health reasons? Like I've always wondered, you know, children who have like cancer 
you know, life-threatening conditions, how do you balance their condition and discipline? And see, this comes to mind because B has reactive airways, and that's less and less and less of a problem nowadays. But when she was four and five, it was like a huge deal every fall. And one fall, it was really bad. We left church early and went straight to express care because I just, I didn't think that the way she was breathing looked good. And they swarmed us with a nebulizer before we even said anything because I guess it looked that bad. But like that whole weekend through to the next week, there always had to be something in, there always had to be something at stake because if she got upset and she would get upset much faster because of course she didn't feel good, she would start to cough. If she started to cry, she would start to cough. And then if she coughed, she would start coughing more and she would get more upset and it would just snowball until she was coughing so hard she'd throw up and it was like 24 hours into that that i remember colin in the secret garden and the absolute monster that he is because of the fact that everyone's afraid to tell him no because of his health frankly the biggest discipline challenge that I can think of because you really, really just didn't want her to cough and cough and cough until she threw up. But also giving in to like anything just because she was sick was going to create a monster in, in days, basically. And so there constantly had to be something that she could lose. So you could go, okay, B, you don't want to cough and you don't want want to throw up. And also, if you decide to throw a fit about this, we can't do X. Yeah. But it was like an entirely different way of thinking <laughs> because you constantly had to be thinking a step ahead because otherwise you know she was going to throw up eventually yeah and i apologize for the super loud noise that i have one of those cats that refuses to let things stay on horizontal surfaces and she knocked over a bar of metal cuz she's oh. dork and I can't take it out. So I am apologizing for that now. Because she's being a dork kitty. Be a calm, happy kitty. I think it depends on the child and it depends on the situation. Oh. Because obviously, yeah. they're like we were saying earlier, they're all different. But keeping life as close to normal as possible, I think, is the best thing. I don't think, oh, terminal illness means that they should be able to do whatever they want whenever they want. Because even children don't necessarily want that. They may say they want that, but it's not really what they want. Jordan Peterson talks about that. Our job as parents is not to facilitate our children having as much fun as possible. 
it's to make our children have less fun because you have to have a certain balance and things. And like we were talking about with B, she is learning that she does not always have to be happy. Yeah. Because if you're always happy and you're overflowing with happy emotion, you are very, very manic and uncontrollable. Yes. So I would think, and if anybody has experience with this and can chime in, certainly send us an email. Um, I would think that keeping it as close to normal as possible within reason is would be the best thing to do. Also, if I remember correctly, Colin had hypochondria. And there was nothing actually wrong well, with him. Well, and he'd been told since, like, as long as he could remember that you know, oh my gosh, you're going to die. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't think necessarily not telling somebody with a terminal illness that they have a terminal illness is smart either. I think lying about it is not helpful. But, yeah. Also, allowing them to be terrors is not helpful either. Depending (laughs) on the situation, because I'm sure there, everything is going to be situational dependent. It depends. As one of my favorite points podcasters likes to say but in general I would keep it as close to normal as possible and since the methods of discipline and boundaries that we have at least in our household and it sounds like in yours too is non-violent and very understanding that people have emotions and are going through things I don't think it would be detrimental now if you were into hitting your children and said child has a terminal illness, I would have a problem with that. And maybe you need to yeah, yeah. rethink that, but I think that's true with hitting people in general. I don't approve of hitting children any more than I would approve of my husband hitting me. Or me hitting my husband. I definitely think it's a good question, though. And you wonder about that. Well, there's my sole interest in contribution. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of interesting contributions. Stop selling yourself short. I also think, <laughs> as parents, how we interact with other people rubs off on our children. I know that in my family, there is a certain master-slave complex where everybody is trying to vie for the top position. And it's taken me a very, very long time, and I work on myself constantly, to be at a point where... I can realize that's what's going on and I remove myself from that and I say this is not important and it does not matter. And that's me setting up a boundary even though I'm not verbally setting up a boundary. I'm setting it up for myself rather than setting it for somebody else. And that's something we're also trying to teach our children to do. They need to be able to set up their own boundaries. Our job as moms and as parents in general is to work ourselves out of a job. Yes. And I was thinking about this earlier. Like, with small, with very small children, you have, you give them more leeway because they don't have as much verbal acuity. And it's harder to discipline when they're like one. It's not impossible. It's just harder. And then I was thinking, you know, between two and now and probably next year will be the hardest years of discipline she'll have and then it will start tapering off again 
until there's no more disciplinary action on my part when she's, like, in her late teens, I guess. I would like to work myself out of a job sooner rather than later, but I realize that I don't know what she's going to look like when she's 16. Because that's the first number that came to my mind, but I don't know what she'll look like at 16. And we have to realize that frontal lobes... Frontal lobes are not fully developed until around 23. Until you're 23... That is weird. Until you're 23, your brain is still growing. Yeah. You do not reach full mental maturity until 23. I have friends who would say if at all, but you know. And we have to remember that tantrums when they're two and three it's not been such a problem this year although i have she has moments i mean i'm 35 and i have moments especially with my anxiety where i just throw tantrum where my brain just can't process anything anymore i'm too stressed out and i will my anxiety attacks will get so bad that i will lose the ability to talk and i will just scream incoherently wow Yeah, when I say I have anxiety, I have very, very bad anxiety that can make it to where I can't communicate anymore. Which, I guess to some degree, makes me understand smaller children better. Because they can't. And I know what it feels like to be like, I have these feelings, and there's a lot of them, and I just can't. Like, I can't function, I can't live, I can't breathe, I don't know what's going on. And it's bad. And something I remember... Especially for littles, especially around two, is you have somebody with the same range and strength of emotions as you do at 38 and I do at 35, and they're two. So think of it this way phenomenal cosmic power. Itty bitty living space. Itty bitty living space. (laughs) So you're dealing with somebody with. A full-grown person's strength of emotion in a two-year-old who cannot communicate. Yes. And I find... My gosh, not communicating is the worst. Not being able to communicate is horrible. We were talking about that in the homeschooling group, too, because I talk about Xandria having a speech delay, which is getting smaller and smaller. Started this year with, I couldn't understand one word in ten, and now I can understand eight words in ten. That's good. Yeah, it's getting much better. But the biggest problem we had with the speech delay was the inability for her to communicate. It also um, brings to mind... Have you seen Mr. Holland's opus? Uh Uh-uh. With Richard Dreyfuss? So he's a music teacher? No. And he has a deaf son. And this is before sign language is widely accepted. I mean, I know of people who still don't speak sign language who are deaf, but is before it was widely accepted and his wife was throwing a fit because her son was crying and she was upset because they could not communicate because he was deaf and didn't have sign language. So she had no idea what he was asking for. And that was kind of what it was like to have a child with speech delay. Yeah. She is emphatic. If I repeat back the same gibberish she says to me, she says yes and I have to tell her I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I, I have I, no idea what that was. Just because I can copy it. Yes. I don't know what you're saying. 
Which is always good. Yeah, and that's always something we've been very firm about. We don't necessarily try to interpret what she's saying. If I can interpret what she's saying, I give her the correct word and I have her say it until it's at least intelligible to some degree. Because she said spoon yesterday and it sounded like bowl. Oh. So it's spoon. She goes, spoon. Yes, spoon. This is a spoon. That is what this is. And it's very often, and it's multiple times a day, because eight words in ten with a very talkative child really isn't that much. It's, I am very sorry, Alexandria. I cannot understand what you're saying. Can you try again? And it's often in a row. It's, I'm sorry. I still cannot understand what you're saying. Could you say that again? And after the third or fourth time, it's, I am so sorry. I really don't know what you're saying. Can you show me? Yes. And we also used sign language as a stopgap, which helped. And I definitely recommend, if you're a mom with very small children, sign language will help until they get the vocabulary. Sign language is a lifesaver. It really is, and I recommend doing straight ASL and not doing, like, baby sign language where it's modified. They will modify it themselves, but always use the correct signs when you're speaking. That makes sense. Yeah, and that's if you listen to people who... It's like using the correct words. Yeah, which is probably why my grandma gets on me all the time for saying oosh, which is what Xandria says when she says shoes. Huh. But let's be realistic, she's not going to be an adult saying oosh. No. But I know what oosh is. And yes, those are your blue shoes. And it's acknowledgement of what they said and correction of pronunciation. It's not doing the Catholic nun thing where you're rapping on their hands or anything like that. <laughs> you don't have to be mean and you don't have to be rude to your children. Because if you're mean and or if you're rude, all you're teaching them is to be mean and rude. They learn yeah. from you first, which is why you have to work on yourself and learning how to set boundaries for yourself. And like I was saying with this podcast, this past this podcast and doing it is discipline i have set boundaries for myself and i am disciplined we record on thursday evenings hopefully everybody's in bed and if they're not they're not (laughs) i edit on monday at least not my problem yep i edit on monday and i get it out as close to midnight tuesday morning as possible and i do that every week And I wanted us to record in person last week, but we also had three children. Yeah, last week was crazy. It was crazy. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, well, this isn't going to happen, and that's fine, and I have to be okay with this. So when I got home, I said, okay, well, that didn't happen. And I know Cecily's tired because I'm tired, even though, you know, I drove an hour and a half. (laughs) And I had to clean the house before I left, so everything had to be packed up and cleaned and all of that. And I had a migraine all day Monday, which was helpful. But of course, when I got home, I was like, this isn't done. And 
I am disciplined enough to go, I am going to get out something. It's not exactly what I would want to do, but I'm doing this. And I have to do that with housework around the house. I have discovered if I get up in the morning and I come in here and I watch YouTube, which is usually sticks, he sticks, hex and hammer and Tim pool in the morning, I do not get moving at all until one. Like, the chickens will get fed and nothing else will get done. Oh. So, I have to have the discipline to say, I have just gotten out of bed. I am going to take care of the chickens, which I always do first. And then I'm going to come back in and do things that need to get done for the day. And when those things are done, I can do things I would like to do. Like, sit here and watch YouTube all day and get nothing done. <laughs> And you're, and you're modeling for your kids, so they need to see that, you know, you don't get to do exactly what you want to do right when you want to do it yeah. outside of, like, you know, coffee. Or caffeine drink of choice. Yes. And that you have these things, and you get them done, and you don't act like chores are chores. Because at some point, your children have to have the discipline of cleaning their room and cleaning things and it's just something that has to be done or it gets out of hand and then nobody knows yeah, where to start just what you do yep some of us are learning a little later than others but it's it's got to get done <laughs> yeah even when you don't want to do it like i got the living room tidied today and i got the yukon unloaded finally it's Thursday. I got home Monday night. I just finished unloading the Yukon. <laughs> I brought in the stuff that absolutely had to be brought in to do the podcast and the food. And every nothing else was going to yeah, get that's... injured by staying in the car. So it just stayed. That's kind of how unpacking goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I need to go get chicken feed. So the car had to be unloaded in order to do that. But as I had a really bad tension headache borderlining on a migraine, I didn't get to go get chicken feed today. But now, I have the ability to go get chicken feed and I don't have to worry about it. Which reminds me, I have to... Jason said he needs the Yukon. Oh, on Monday. Okay. Because if he needs it tomorrow, I can't get chicken feed tomorrow either. Or, I can. It's just a pain in the butt to get it in his car. My car's bigger. And I buy 100 pounds at a time. Wow. They load it for me, and Jason gets it out of the car. That's good. Yeah, they'll even put it in the rolling cart for me. I don't even have to do that. If I ask, they'll do it. Normally, I can get it into the rolling cart. It depends on my how my arthritis is that day. But Tractor Supply is wonderful about having somebody come out to the car and throw it in the car for me. Because that's wonderful, given that that's, like, a person. Yeah. Well, it's, they're sold in 50-pound bags. This morning was fun, though. I had to drag a 50-pound bag out to the back acre and uh, fill the food barrel because it was running empty because the chickens have to be fed. And it's discipline. And when we decided to get chickens, I realized I'm going to have to do this every day. Yeah. Even if they weren't getting fed, the eggs have to be taken every day. We have a rooster. The eggs could be, in theory, fertilized. And if I don't want babies, I have to take the eggs within 72 hours. Yeah. Because within the first three days, there's no difference between a fertilized and an unfertilized egg. 
But after that point, there's a difference. Huh. And it's not like there's suddenly a baby chicken there, but it could cause problems if those eggs went to somebody else who didn't know. It's it's a blastocyst for a few days after that, but if you weren't prepared for it, it would look really weird. It's like this little white yeah. ring in the yolk. It's not even like, it's not, you can't tell it's an embryo, but it could freak somebody out. I mean, me and you were looking at blood spots and egg yolks, and it took me a bit to realize what it was, which is completely normal. You'll get that in your store eggs. It just happens sometimes. They're chickens. Which is also how you get different sized eggs. Chickens don't always produce the same sized egg. Even commercial <laughs> chickens don't do that. They just, you know, size them and clean them and make them yeah. look pretty. And then, but these are chickens that live in my backyard. I'm not sizing them per se. They're when they go to other people, they're all the same size ish. Like I don't give them the really small eggs necessarily, unless that's all I have, and I don't give them the really big eggs. But the really big eggs don't fit in my cartons. Generally, especially not the ones that are like, "How did you give birth to that?" <laughs> right. <laughs> that does not fit in any egg carton. Yep. Even my chickens get disciplined. I was fill. Did I tell you about this? I was filling the water yesterday. And I had four chickens escape out of the run. Uh-huh. I got attacked by ro- by uh, Carl Arm the rooster. Because it was him <laughs> and three hens. And he went back in on his own after I got the first hen in. He goes, oh, duh. But the other two I had to pick up and chuck in the run. And then when I was mul- putting mulch in the run, because it's been muddy and the run needs mulch. Actually needs more than got out there, but Jason has to fill the wheelbarrow and take the wheelbarrow back. And then I take it from the wheelbarrow. Uh, I had another one. I had two more escape. I had to chase both of them down with the fishing net and uh, catch (laughs) them. And put them back in. I think I put one in the coop, but I put the other one in the run. I only put one in the coop because I was right next to the coop and the coop was already open. She's like, no, this is your boundary. Don't come out of here. Mostly because I don't want raccoons killing you. Yeah, I don't want them getting killed by something. It's less likely because they're not small. Their live weight is probably six, seven pounds. They weigh more than the cat does. But wow, they're they're not small. They're not like ginormous, but they're not small. So it's less likely something will kill them. But I still don't want chickens running loose in behind the um fence. So our backyard. We have the first section of our backyard, and then there's a fence, and we have a second section that's fenced off, but the fence back there is broken, and the gate right now is open, so one of the chickens had gotten back there, and chasing them down was a pain, and I'm like, Jason, could you take the saplings out from back there, because the chickens can fly over the fence. Because <laughs> chickens can fly. It's not, yeah. like, far, but they can't fly. These are not meat birds. They're not so heavy they fall on their face. So um, I had to corral chickens and put them back within their boundaries. Just kind of like disciplining your children. You're putting them back in the boundary. <laughs> yep. I, am, I am the parent and I know this sucks but you cannot do these things. Or in the chicken's case, I am God and this sucks but you can't leave this area. Yes. Because I always say I am God the Great and Terrible when it comes to the chickens. 
because I'm so much bigger than they are. But in general, we're pretty hands-off with the chickens. I only handle them if they're broody, because this time of year they'll just kill themselves. And the chicks, because it's too cold. Or, well, it will be too cold again. It's not cold right now. But I handle them then, and I handle them if they get out, or if if they have some kind of illness that I need to check them out and make sure they're okay. And it's the same with kids. I find animal husbandry and being a parent are very similar. The difference is the level of communication. I can't explain to the chickens why it's dangerous for them not to be in the run. I can't explain to my daughter why it is dangerous to be outside when mommy is asleep. Yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts on discipline and boundaries? Uh, well, an excellent comparison to animals is how, you know, if you have a kitten or puppy that likes to play rough you can't let them play really rough because even if they can't hurt you as a puppy if a grown dog did that it would be trouble and kids are kind of like that too because sometimes you let them get away with stuff because they're really little and because it's cute and you have to keep in mind you know when they're stronger that's not going to be cute. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Yeah. And my closing thought would mostly be that my closing thought would be that as parents, our job isn't to necessarily facilitate as much fun as possible. It's to teach moderation. Mm-hmm. So is having fun is fun. But there are also other things that need to be done, like housework. And we need to be social and we need to be able to get along with other people. And when we're not, it just causes more problems in the long run, which is why socializing your children at younger ages is important. It's also important if you have puppies that they have to be socialized with puppies and people in different situations before they reach a certain age. It's the same way with small children. As bad as it may yeah. sound comparing children to animals, it it just works. It's a really good comparison. It is. It may sound bad, but it's a really, really good comparison for this is how this works. And it's our and it's our job. That's what we signed up for when we signed up to be stay at home moms was to raise a future generation that can handle themselves properly. Yes. And sometimes it sucks. But what do you do? So, with that, I'm Ray. I'm Cecily. And this is the 80s Mom Podcast. You can find us on social media at MeWe and Parlor at 80S Mom Podcast. Our website is 80SMomPodcast.com where you can find our entire backlog of podcasts and some articles soon. You can email us any questions or comments at show at 80smompodcast.com and we are also on Odyssey now as another audio slash video platform that's O-D-Y-S-E-E we are on Pinterest as well I have a number of helpful boards on there and we will see you next week remember you've got this and have a great week bye bye